we're live from Radio City Music Hall, and it is Arsenia! Oh! Oh! <laughs> Alrighty. Did I, just date my, did I just date myself? Yes, yes, you did. I don't think any of our, anybody that I know knows who Arsenio Hall is, but man. <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, I used to stay up watching that with my mom. I used to, yeah, totally. My mom loved Arsenio Hall. Like, it was such a great talk show. I, I never did. I mean, I know who he is and everything, but yeah. Yeah, no, he was good. He was he was funny. I don't remember um, what his, mo- like, I remember, like, he had something special with his monologue. I don't remember what it was, like how, you know, one of them had headlines and another one had, like, they all have, like, some sort of thing. I don't know what they his was, but it was good. I, I remember the Arsenio, the really long Arsenio. And that guy could, like, go forever. Yeah. And um, the woof, woof, woof thing. Like, my mom wanted to go to a taping of Arsenio Hall so bad. <laughs> so bad. Like, she wanted to be on a taping of Arsenio Hall like most moms wanted to be on The Price is Right. My dad was a huge Montel Jordan fan. What, Montel Jordan? Montel Williams. Williams. He was yeah, the... Mon- not Jordan. No, 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 no. Montel Jordan was the singer. Um, no, Montel Williams was the talk show host. My dad wanted to go. Yeah, and isn't Montel Jordan the one that, like, got, like, a lot of sentences for, like, child no. stuff? No, that was R. Kelly. Montel Jordan was the one who did This Is How We Do It. Oh, yeah, but didn't R. Kelly and Montel Jordan do, or do something together? No. Williams, some... I, I don't think damn. so. I have no idea. Anyway. That is all from like our era of yes. time much past. So <laughs> now that I've got three drinks in front of me, okay. coffee, coffee. Before you crack that, I'm let's do this one Why? more time because my audio is working right now. You are Rin. And I am Timmy. <laughs> and this is. I love a good rabbit hole. See, what you bum, don't. Bum, bum. What you folks don't know is that we already did that once and it was really smooth, and then my audio screwed up and we had to restart. So. <laughs> We're professionals. We're professionals. We don't, mind, we don't mind introducing ourselves 50 times. 50 times. All right. Now, continue on. So. Wait for it. What flavor is this? Fuck. I don't know, oh. but you just completely lost audio for some reason. I didn't hear you crack it. I didn't hear you guzzle. Nothing. Oh, it it totally went through. So that's oh, all good. All right. My just if you can't hear it, that's fine because I'm recording my own audio file just over here. Carry on without me, then. <laughs> I can tell you that this is a my flavor is another throwback. It is, and Mark is going to hate this because he so. Hi, I'm gonna segue before we've even gone anywhere. As <laughs> as the as we drink girls would say, I'm gonna segue uh-huh. or whatever segue, woo woo. I'm off on another tangent. I don't know what's so, happening right now. <laughs> having a seizure. Um, Mark absolutely hates Bath and Body Works uh, okay. because of all of the names that they have for soaps and candles. Mm-hmm. He's like, what does leaves taste like or smell like? What 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 is apple picking smell like? Seriously, old men and and body sweat. I'm like, no, it's 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 the feeling that the fragrance invokes because you know your olfactors are like this huge memory invoker, and like if you smell something, it's all like memory. Okay, I I actually have synesthesia, so I know what leaves smell like. 
I know what purple tastes like. I know <laughs> what an apple orchard in the fall smells and tastes like. I I can do that. That's how my brain works. I know the kids. We need to like test this with M and M's, dude. See, okay, we actually had this discussion the other day because somebody said that Skittles, the original Skittles flavors, mm-hmm. are all the same flavor. No, they're not. That's Fruit Loops. I can taste the difference between the lime. So can I. And the grape. Well, they and, don't. They don't do like, lime anymore. It's green I, apple. I know. And they're like we were actually having this discussion because even Skittles have said all the original Skittles flavors are all the same flavor. There's no distinct flavors, and I'm like, yes, there is because those colors yeah, taste different. I cannot stand the orange ones. Oh I, my gosh, yeah. and the yellow ones taste a little pledgy. If yeah, you ask me. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. So but No, we need to do it with M&M's because those all taste the same. Yes. I, those all colors. taste like chocolate. I saw a video of a girl who like they opened up a bag of M&M's and randomly popped out five M&M's and it was like a green, a brown, an orange, two blues, and a yellow. And she like named them all and I was like, hmm. like, I don't know if it's like maybe that like she has like a sensitivity to food dyes. It could be, yeah. And America has, like, a lot of, like, chemical food dyes, whereas, you know, um, other countries, they use actual, like, fruit derivatives, like beets and like stuff beets. to make red. Yeah. Whereas we use bugs, because um, we're fucked up. Yeah. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, that was a big old cough. That looks gross on the screen. <laughs> but no, so my, did I say what flavor of no. energy drink I'm drinking? Are you ready for it? Yeah. Are you sitting? I am. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a musical hint. You ready? Uh-huh. <laughs> Apparently, going higher pitch doesn't make it better. And my music should get faster and faster. Da 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 yeah. Well, the, the the music, it's the whole point of Tetris is the dee 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 Okay. Although I think I'm putting like an extra beat in the tune somewhere and I'm pretty sure Mark's going to call me out on that. So it's fine. But anyways, yeah, it's Tetris flavored. Huh. I'm drinking oddly shaped bricks. There you go. Speaking of odd things, what are we discussing today? All things odd? Well... I thought we could discuss Edgar A. Poe. That is the king which of I odd. discovered, which I discovered, having done all this research, that he did not like to go by Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. And I bet you can tell me why. No. Or you can tell all of our listeners why. Why? Yeah. Oh, it's because he absolutely hated his adopted his st- the stepfather, Allan. Yeah. Yeah. He hated him, and so he wanted nothing to do with him. So yeah. when he would sign his name, he would sign it Edgar A. a. Poe, yeah. and that would be a slut, a, a slot, a slot, <laughs> a slight, like a penmanshipery slight, penmanshipery. And Edgar was beautiful at slights with the pen. He had so many. Excuse me. He had. 
uh, him and Shakespeare. Could you imagine no. the two? No, I couldn't because like, um, what was Shakespeare's nemesis? Uh, Marlowe, Christopher Marlowe. It's like putting those two together and telling them to be friends. Right. Like, well, I don't know. I think, I think Poe and, and Shakespeare would have gotten along. Like, I think they both would have enjoyed the written words so much because like, like Shakespeare's love of the written word was very flourishy and beautiful and eloquent and, and extravagant. Whereas Poe also was very, was the same kind of extravagance, but it was very dark yes and very sometimes menacing so i think that i think that the two would have like i think the two would have like sat around drinking pints and had a grand old time and see like shakespeare for his day like his stuff was pretty dark i mean teenage suicide hello i mean that's still dark yeah I don't think I don't think there's ever going to be a time in life when teenage suicide is like oh look another one just off themselves sweet I don't know. Less teenagers in the world. I think Heathers did it pretty well. <laughs> That's true. I thought you were, when I heard Heathers, I was like, my sister? No, no, no. Like the movie. Yeah. No, yeah. I think if if anything covers suicide in a dark comedy light, it would be Heathers. Like, that's the only thing. Oh, like, yeah. Ever. That, yeah. Yeah. And, and even then, it's is, not okay. No, it's still not okay. Because is, they, it wasn't really suicide. They were all murdered. Yeah. Um, what is, what is the new number? It's like 988 or something like that. I'm, t- I'm totally going to plug it. If you are having suicidal thoughts or tendencies, just reach out. Don't go oh, off yourself. That's not cool. Definitely not. Like that's one thing that I would never, ever, one myself, I would never do because I'm too vain. Um, and two, I would never want anyone that is around me to do. Um, I know that there was recently a a um, Twitch uh, who's on um, oh Ellen. TikTok. I don't. I don't even sound like I'm. I sound like I'm speaking a foreign language. Twitch on TikTok. Like really? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. How old am I? Stephen Twitch boss from the Ellen yeah. show. He he looked like such a happy, beautiful yeah. person. He had a great life. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that all those things still do not make for happiness. I mean... Check on most, your happy friends. Check on your happy friends. Check on your sad friends. Check yep. on your old friends. Check on your new friends. Check on people who might not even be your friend just yeah. by being a good person. Like, yep. Like I say at the end of every podcast, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Yes. Like, that's so important. Like, so important. Since, so tell you know, me about Mr. Poe. Since we're talking about dark stuff, Edgar right. Poe was born in Boston, Massachusetts. I love saying Massachusetts. that. Massachusetts. Yes. <laughs> On January 19th, 1809. The second child of American actor David Poe Jr. and English-born actress Elizabeth Arnold Hopkins Poe, he had an elder brother, William, and a younger sister, Rosalie. Their grandfather, David Poe, had immigrated from County Cavan, Ireland, around 1750. So he would be, what, second-generation American about this time? Yeah. Um, Nice. His father abandoned the family in 1810. So, what, a year after Edgar was born? His mother, yeah, his mother died a year later from 
consumption, which we know is tuberculosis. It's tuberculosis, yeah. Poe was taken to, into the home of John Allen, a successful merchant in Richmond, Virginia. He dealt in a variety of goods, including cloth, wheat, tombstone, tobacco, and slaves. The Allens served as a foster family and gave him the name Edgar Allen Poe, although they never formally adopted him, which... Right, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the mom absolutely wanted him mm-hmm. and loved him and thought he was just the greatest thing in the world, and the dad was just like, eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I guess they had tried several times to have yes. children, and they couldn't have any, yeah. so they she had had unsuccessful pregnancies, so. And I don't understand why, if you're having so many problems having a baby, and you finally get blessed with one, and you're going to treat him like shit, because technically he's not yours... You're kind of a piece of crap. Then maybe you don't deserve children. It was a different time. And men had men had much different standards. Like, you know, it was that was back when they believed that women were were the people who determined the sex of the baby. And that if a woman didn't produce a male, it's because she was slighting her husband. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like men literally had some like ego issues back then i mean not that they've improved much i was gonna um, say they still oh my god <laughs> speaking of ego issues did you hear about the digital cards no trump made digital collecting cards of himself good lord he really is a when we're done with this podcast by all means google that because it is literally the dumbest oh oh right I next already... to january 6th dumbest i I actually used to have some Trump trading cards. They're called the Garbage Pail Kids. Look it up. He's just as orange as Trump. Okay, moving on. You're welcome. You know exactly what card I'm talking about, too. Oh, my God. I remember it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the little guy with the bright orange face. I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that garbage pail kid and i'm gonna use them for our instagram picture when, you when this one releases it's not yes! gonna po- it's kind of i'm gonna put a little mustache on him so he looks a little poish yes unfortunately that mustache also looks a little hitlerish but you know it'll work perfectly it's longer than hitler's <laughs> hitler's was very much a box <laughs> hitler what a waste of a good mustache okay so poe was unable to support himself so he enlisted in the United States Army as a private on May 27th, 1827, using the name Edgar A. Perry. He claimed that he was 22 years old, even though he was 18. He now, did really well in the military, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he got ish. to a sergeant. Hold on, I'm getting there. So I did, um, I did skip, like, over a part of his adolescence life because I didn't want this podcast to be two hours long. <laughs> you could literally Are you talk going about right o- to when he day. was at West Point? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. He was a... When he tried to get kicked out of West Point? Am I telling the story or are you? Sorry. you did the, I'm sorry. You're supposed to be doing the second half. I did the first half. <sighs> oh, it's so good though. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, he claimed that he was 22, even though he was 18. He served for two years and attained the rank of Sergeant Major for Artillery, the highest rank that a non-commissioned officer could achieve. He then sought to end his five-year enlistment early. Poe revealed his name and his circumstances to his commanding officer, Lieutenant Howard, who would only allow Poe to be discharged, and this is where it comes back around to him not liking his father, if he reconciled with his foster father, Alan. 
because yeah. they had pretty much stopped talking at that point. So mm. he agreed and Poe traveled to West Point and matriculated as a cadet as a cadet on July 1st, 1830. In October of 1830, Alan married his second wife, Louisa Patterson. I, I didn't find anything on his first wife. Did you? The first wife? The yeah. child bride? No, that's actually his third wife. Oh. Yeah. No. So I, I, I couldn't find anything on his first wife, but in October 1830, Edgar married his second wife, Louisa Patterson. Their, the marriage and bitter quarrels with Poe over children born to Allen outside of extramarital affairs led to the foster father finally disowning Poe. So, like, he tried to get back into it, and then he decided to act like a dumbass and sleep around, and his foster father was like, I'm out. want nothing to do with him. Um, so, Poe decided to leave West Point by purposely getting court-martialed. On February 8th, 1831, he was tried for gross neglect of duty and disobedience of orders for refusing to attend formations, classes, or church. He tactically pleaded not guilty to induce dismissal, knowing that he would be found guilty. Excuse me, what are you smiling for? About the other reason why he got kicked out. Which was? Okay, maybe... That he showed up He showed up to drill um, in nothing but a belt and boots. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I read that when I was reading about my stuff. Because I had to get to, it's at the top of the page, and so I have to get to the bottom. So I'm reading. <laughs> Okay. So Poe returned to Baltimore where he obtained a license to marry his son in Virginia on September 22nd, 1835, though it is unknown if they were married at that time. He was 26 and she was 13. It was his first cousin, too. I mean, this. It was his first cousin. I mean, yes. these things weren't like, illegal, immoral, gross. Yeah. But, I mean... Nowadays, it is straight out illegal. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, it, there are many states where you can marry your first cousin as long as you prove that you're infertile. No, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that she's 13 years old. It's oh. called pedophilia, and it's illegal. <laughs> yeah. First cousin or not is, is kind of pointless. It's the fact that she's a 13-year-old child. Well, she lied on her marriage certificate. Well, that's okay because, no, it's not okay. None of that is okay. Your first cousin and 13 years old, just no. But I think their relationship was more of like brother and sister. Like Yeah, because they had been around each other a lot. So, um, let's see. Um, so, he, when he married her, he was 100% sure that he was going to become a writer. He had already been writing for, like, the Bostonian and things like that, literary journals, stuff like that. So he switched his focus to prose and spent the next several years working for literary journals and periodicals, becoming known for his style of literary criticism. His work forced him to move among several cities, including Baltimore, Philadelphia, and New York City. In 18... 36, he married his cousin, but she died of tuberculosis in 1847. In January 1845, Poe published his poem, The Raven, to instant success. He planned for years to produce his own journal, The Pen, but before he could, uh, it could be produced, he died in Baltimore. That is, um, tuberculosis was not his friend. Didn't it take, like, no. a lot of people in his life? 
Yeah, but, I mean, justifiably, at that point in time, tuberculosis took a lot of people f- from yeah. everywhere. Like, it it still is a highly contagious and deadly disease. I mean, everybody talks about corona, but tuberculosis is still Hey, man. Out still there. never had COVID. Huh. Two years running. Consider yourself lucky. Two years, man. Two years COVID-free. <laughs> Feel like feel like I should get like a chip or something, like a coin, right? Like a so a COVID free coin. It's called you know what a COVID free. It's, it's called a um a vaccine. <laughs> That's my COVID free coin. It's my vaccine. While they're not a hundred percent, they are better than nothing. Right. I got my vaccine and my booster shot, and I still had it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got all of us had? Matt's had it twice. Oh yuck! No good. Yeah good times so that's that's post kind of early life do you know um, when he like when he was first published or like he was um let's see i think he made like a hundred dollars off of the raven i i think so but it earliest it says between 1827 and 1829 Nice. was uh, when he was published. And he was actually, um, let's see, he published his first collection, Tamerlane and other poems created or credited only to the Bostonian. And that was in 1829. Wow. We're coming up on 200 years. Yeah. Is my math right on that? Yeah. Like I suck at math, but yeah. Like, wait, 18, 19, 20, 000. yeah. 20,000. Yeah. Wow. That's you math's math. good. Yeah. Math <laughs> is so my first language. Um, well, cool. That is awesome. He, he had a really interesting life. Now, what's really weird is like his death is like just shrouded in Enigma. And you'll have to forgive me. I have tried a new, um, writing style for collecting my, my story for the end. Um, I'm trying like this weird outline thing because I was doing some extra research because I felt like I was just reading verbatim. So I'm, I'm trying something different. You're going to have to see how I do. Um, also, I wanted to throw in there um, to any of our listeners. I know that we've had a little bit of audio quality, but please bear with us. We are a new podcast. We've only had 20 episodes. We are working through those. We are troubleshooting the best we can. We really appreciate that you play and listen to our stuff. Um, I know this is right in the middle of the whole podcast, so just kind of consider it like an ad. Like, <laughs> do, 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 we're an ad. Something, something. I'm drinking Tetris energy drink. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I really think my therapy's working, don't you? Okay. Uh, I'm sure. To, I'm, I'm a little bit more weird than I used to be. <laughs> so, um, Edgar A. Poe, uh, his final words were Lord help my poor soul. Those are his final recorded words before he passed. Um, and when I sat down to start writing all of this, I, you know, I asked myself, I'm like, how does somebody write about Poe? You know, I mean, he was a man of a cousin, wife, child bride. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a mouthful right there. Uh, alas, I don't have to write about his life. Thank God. I only have to write about the final four to five days where he, uh, he kicked the bucket. I don't know. So, I'd say you did pretty good writing about the beginning of his life. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was literally just from memory of listening to um, two different podcasts on it. Um, yeah. If you get a chance, listen to um, the one. It's a two-part series by Conspiracy Series for 
conspiracy theories um, by Parcast. They have a huge network of um, podcasts, but it's it's fantastic. Like it really covers the life and the death really well because the death obviously is a conspiracy. Yes. So um, his official cause of death was initially listed to be Ferent Ferenitis Ferentis. I'm going to say Ferenitis Fer Ferenitis because it's P H R E N I T I S. No, that's itis. Pharyngitis. Oh, pharyngitis. You were just waiting for that to like click in my I head. I was waiting you? for it. You're just sitting here going, like, come on. Wait come for on. it. Where's, where's the light bulb going to go off on her head? And there it is. Yeah. Fair. I'm like, Ferentis. <laughs> Ferenitis. Ferenitis. Uh, Ferenitis. Or swelling of the brain. Uh, these records, however, have since disappeared and many have doubted their accuracy because the doctor, Snodgrass, um, didn't like Poe. Mm -hmm. And he used Poe as an example to um, forward his temperance move movement that eventually then became prohibition. Mm -hmm. So Snodgrass was a bit of a dick. Yes. Um, so let's start out with what happened so october 4th 1849 uh found in the gutter dressed in uh dressed in crappy clothes slumped near an irish pub in baltimore maryland when poe's friend dr joseph snodgrass arrived he found the 40 year old writer in what he assumed to be a highly drunken state wearing cheap ill-fitting clothes very different from his usual mode of dress according to others um um, according, sorry, according to others, the man had been there for a couple of days. So apparently in Baltimore, Maryland, it's fine to just leave a guy sitting drunken and in a drunken state for a couple of days next to a bar. Well, and they make mention of his clothing because apparently he was a very fastidious dresser. Yes. Like he was always very keen and particular about his dress, which also has me wonder now if it wasn't for his first brought the first woman his first love um eloise like if he didn't like show a, like interest in her like i wonder if like people kind of maybe thought that he was part of the lgbtq community because of like his 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 kind of dainty guy and um you know fastidious dress like back then that wasn't a normal thing for men to do hmm. i mean they were concerned with their dress but i think edgar Allan poe was more concerned with his dress than the average person, but I mean, I don't know. I didn't know if anybody ever like wondered if like people thought maybe he was gay and that maybe his child wife <laughs> bride was a beard. Like he just got married to her because that way he didn't have people bothering him and that he could live his extracurricular activities on the side. But I don't think that was ever an avenue that anybody ever went down. <laughs> and that literally just came to me as I was sitting here. Uh, that is nowhere on my outline. I was like, hmm, I wonder, was Poe gay? That would be so cool if he was. I would explain like the torrid, deep sadness because nobody understood it. Got it. <laughs> All right. And we're back. So, <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. Tangent. All right. The man who found him in the gutter was a local typesetter for the Baltimore Sun named Joseph Walker. He sent a note. So he literally sent a note. That's how you communicated back then. Sent a note for Dr. Sn for Dr. Snodgrass to come. Because apparently, while he was in his drunken state, he also managed to ask for Snodgrass. Huh. After he'd been there for a couple days. So he laying in the gutter for a couple days, asked for Snodgrass to some local typesetter who sent a note. Does this seem weird to you? It's Edgar Allan Poe. There's nothing that's not weird about it. 
so, yeah, true. So the note read, there is a gentleman, rather the worse for wear, at Ryan's fourth ward polls, who goes under the cognomen, cognomen? I guess that's a way of saying name. Who speaks like that? Edgar A. Poe, and who appears to be in great distress, Walker wrote. And he says he is acquainted with you. And I assure you, he is in need of immediate assistance. So that is basically 1849 speak for 911. <laughs> I guess. He's an acquaintance with you. And he is worse for the wear. And he is in need of assistance. Nowadays, it'd be, come get this motherfucker, he drunk. <laughs> yeah. Come pick up your douchebag friend. Come right? pick up like your drunk friend. <laughs> right? Betty had too much to drink last night. Mm. All right. So how he got to Baltimore was unknown because that was not on his itinerary. Um, and where his travel trunk was also was a bit of a mystery. It somehow did not remain with him, which is also the weird part of why he ended up in weird clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so sadly he did he he uh, succumbed to his illness whatever it was um, the early morning of October 7th 1849 he did die in Baltimore they didn't move him into anywhere and he was 40 years old um, he was traveling from Richmond where um, Sarah Elmira Royster was living and that's where he was going to go back and get married to her because he had he had proposed um, and they were going to get married and he was traveling from Richmond to New York to tie up any loose ends empty out his cottage edit a and apparently edit a collection of poems for a friend and then he was going to return back to Elmira um, his now fiance after they had rekindled at some point in time after what was the wife the child bride wife's name Virginia Mm, I want to say yes. Yes, Virginia. Uh, okay. After she died, I think a year later, he met up with uh, Elmira. Which, My God, he just goes from one person to another. He really does. Well, Elmira was his was the original love. Like, that was the one that he didn't get to marry when he went away to war. Or no, college. College. When he went away to college... Um, he was surrounded by a bunch of toxic masculinity, um, but then when he came home to see Elmira, his, her parents had already betrothed her to somebody else. They were like, go away, Cause, mm -hmm. because Poe was below her station. Yes, of course. He was just a lowly so. writer, and at that point in time, writers, unless they were actually like Mark right, Twain flourishing. style, yeah, right. you, weren't, you were just considered a piece of crap. Um. So, obviously, he never made it to Philadelphia, which was his first stop. Why he ended up in Baltimore, again, like I stated, nobody even knows. Um, there's different um, theories about that, and we'll discuss that in a few. Uh, six days before he died, um, and not long before... Um, and not long before he was married, he disappeared. So, like, there was a point in time where he, nobody knows the whereabouts. Mm -hmm. It was, like, for six days between the time that he left Vir Virginia, Richmond, to when he finally showed up drunken in Baltimore. Like, nobody knows what happened to him at that point in time and what caused him to be in the state he was in. Mm -hmm. So, there are some theories about why he was there, and we'll get into that in just a second. Um, once, uh, after he died... The person who wrote his obituary was Rufus Will, Will, Willamot Griswold. Uh, Mr. Uh, Griswold. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote 
the obituary under a pseudonym of Ludwig Griswold, who became the literary, and also, this just is some bullshit, um, Griswold, who became the literary executioner of Poe's estate, and Poe's, and he was Poe's rival. He was Poe's biggest nemesis. They hated each other. Like, literally, that'd be like handing over everything of Superman to Lex Luthor. Yes. Like. And saying, and go. Yeah. The the words he wrote were not kind. Um, no, they weren't. Even in death, he had nothing good to say about nope. him, which is some bullcrap because he made a lot of money off of that. Yes, man. he did. He like, I hope on his obituary, it said here he lies in a really pretty casket that paid for by Poe. Right. Like big old <laughs> dirt bag. Um, so as I had stated earlier, um, Snodgrass stated that is what Snodgrass Snodgrass was a temperance doctor who said Poe died of congestion of the brain, AKA drunk Mm -hmm. Um, or alcohol poisoning. Didn't they also, also, didn't they also um, at one point in time say that they thought it might've been syphilis as well? That one I never saw. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, that would kind of uh, explain the lunacy, but that wouldn't explain the, like, fast onset. I don't think syphilis goes very quick. It does. When it hits. It does? Yeah. When it hits, it starts kind of kicking then your ass we really need fast. To do, we need to do, because um, I don't know anything about, I, I don't know anything about syphilis. I've never had it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so to God, you never get it. I'm going to r- rack that one right up there with COVID. Never had it. Right. Um like I said, Snodgrass was a temperance doctor who stated that Poe died of congestion of the brain, which is also known as alcohol poisoning. Later, he claimed that Poe was in a state of beastly intoxication. Mm-hmm. Beastly, I say. Beastly. Um, the really tragic, the saddest part of this entire thing, not that he died, because everybody dies, that his funeral was attended by eight people. Yeah, Eight uh, Dr. Joseph Evans Snodgrass, cousin Nielsen Poe, University of Virginia classmate Z. Collins Lee. And can we just say Z. Collins Lee? What's your first name, Z? <laughs> Ziggy? Uh, cousin Elizabeth Herring and her husband and the men who took him from the hospital and a former schoolmaster, Joseph Clark. Those are the only people that attended his funeral. Um, the ceremony, ceremony was officiated by Reverend W.T.D., I don't know. Pick an initial. Uh, <laughs> W-T-D-W... What the damn? Clem. What the damn, Clem? <laughs> that so works, especially with the last name of Clem. Hold on just a minute. His cousin's last name was Clem. Yes. The one that he married. Actually, um, so this was another cousin of his? Yeah, it was It was a family member. Okay. Uh, uh, the ceremony was officiated by Reverend W.T.D. Clem, cousin of Poe's wife, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, prepared a longer speech, but cut it short when he saw that such a small crowd. Instead, the entire funeral lasted three minutes. Oh. Three minutes. Like, I've peed longer than that. It's it's kind of funny because, like Van Gogh, he never sold a single painting while he was alive. But he became one of the most sought-after artists after his death. Yeah. Sometimes in order to become infamous, you have to die. And Poe well, I mean, did that. Poe actually was was a uh, was a, a well known author. 
um, and writer. And like he, you know, he did do a lot of things and uh, like he worked at a, at a magazine and he did, pub- he was published. Yes, but he blew up. So it's not up, like he was a total nobody. He blew up even more after his death. Well, yeah. Um, while he was um, under his illness, apparently he cried out for somebody named Reynolds. Yes. Um, but nobody knows who Reynolds is because there is no one associated in in Poe's circle of life mm-hmm. that knew was by the name Reynolds. And so somebody, there was a, a small uh, trickle of information that I read or heard that um, stated that possibly Reynolds was Poe himself because it was a story or it was a pseudonym that he authored under. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so there was that that theory about why he was calling out for Reynolds is that he was actually talking about writings and he was just kind of delirious. Mm-hmm. So, so let's see. Where was he during the time that he left Richmond on October 4th and to the time that he was found? Uh According to scientific research, the brain is the first thing to decompose in the human head when you die. It turns into gelatinous blubber. Yes. And just trickles out your ears. <laughs> Sorry, that was a gross visual. <laughs> um, when Poe's body was exhumed 26 years later, they said his brain rattled around in his head like a lump of mud. That is a quote, not my own. I don't want to take credit for that. <laughs> However, it is stated that brain tumors have been known to calcify after death and remain in the skull. The brain tumor theory has yet to be disproved, though it also has yet to be corroborated by experts. So when they exhumed him, there was something that rattled around. Like, they thought it was a shrunken brain. And, like, a brain doesn't shrink. It Mm. disintegrates. But a tumor would remain. And so he could have possibly had a tumor and he was going through delirium from the tumor yeah or it could have been like something that like like one thing happened and it was a catalyst for another so here's some of the other things one of them is it's possible that the children of his fiance sarah elmira of royster who went by elmira caught wind of the impending nuptials and told sarah or told elmira's parents and the parents were like no and they hired people to kill him okay and he was um, attacked um, on his way to Philadelphia and bludgeoned and beat oh. up because he looked really rough. He did look as if he had been knocked around. Hmm. So it was theoried that and that if you have a brain tumor that he was possibly clocked on the head and it swelled and the tumor swelled, causing delirium. Well, even without a brain tumor, if you get um, a head trauma mm-hmm. and it's... You know, you could have gotten, he could have gotten a subdural hematoma. It could have actually damaged part of his brain. Right. And without, without any medical treatment. And I mean, at that point in time, there wasn't much that they could do anyway. And the brain continues to swell. You're going to get that delirium with the brain swelling. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, they obviously had, the the children had a really, they didn't like Poe at Mm -hmm. all. Um, but to chalk up to their not liking a Poe for a reason is they would lose their inheritance oh. if their mom remarried. Because apparently her late husband's uh, stipulated in his will that she would lose three quarters of her estate if she remarried. This would greatly impact her children, even though Poe was doing okay. 
he was nowhere near worth the $100,000 estate um, that she had. And $100,000 in post time would be like three and a half million today. Yeah. So, I mean, people have killed for less. A lot less, actually. Like, I know some people who'd be like, I'll set her out of court for $20 and a jawbreaker. Right. Can you name the movie? No. What? My neck, my back, my neck and my back. I want $150,000, but I'll settle out of court for $20 and a jawbreaker. <laughs> it's from Friday. Ah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. I say that all the time. Like, I'll settle out of court for $20 and a jawbreaker. <laughs> you know, and just like flaps out my mouth. Um, so that's one of the theories. Another theory is that he escaped from being Shanghaied. Ah. Like, so apparently Poe was allergic to alcohol. So he was a huge lightweight, but he was also a drunk. Yes. Like he drank a lot and he was a lightweight. Um, and he had some drink and he got Shanghaied, but he managed to escape. Not, but he got his butt kicked Mm. again, brain swell Mm. dead. (laughs) And that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, but my question is, is, do you even escape from being Shanghai? I mean, aren't you on a boat? Depends. By the time you wake up? Depends. Like, I don't know. So the other uh, more popular theory is that Poe was a victim of something called cooping. Not couponing, which I thought it was for a second. No. It's cooping. And apparently cooping was a method, me- method, method, a voter fraud in which gangs would kidnap citizens, oh, yes. right. force feed them alcohol, and take their drunken vic- victims to a polling place to vote again and again for the same candidate. They would frequently have their captives swap clothes or take them in disguises to advert suspicion. Like that's right. They'd be like, "Oh, this is this is Joe Poe, and this is <laughs> Mark." Joe, and this is Robert England, you know, and, and just, and, but like if he started to sober up or anything, they'd knock him around a little. Mm-hmm. And what do we know about swelled brains? Dead. Dead. <laughs> yes. I'm laughing at dead. I'm, I'm going to go to hell for that. Um, You'll be in so, good company. Yep. Um, so here's the one thing. As it was, Poe had a reputation as a notorious lightweight, and many of his acquaintances claimed it took no more than a glass of wine to make him sick, lending merit to the theory that he in, imbibed, vibed? Shouldn't that be imbibed? No, imbibed. Or, be like boy. Oh my god, this whole time I've been saying imbibed. Yeah, no, it's imbibed. Okay, imbibed <laughs> too much, whether on purpose or by force. However, another physician who tested Pope's post-mortem hair samples claimed that in the months before his death, Poe had been avoiding virtually all alcohol, a pronouncement that threw oil on the fires of speculation. In the years since Edgar Allan Poe's death, his body has been exhumed and remains studied countless times. Most diseases such as influenza and rabies have been ruled out, Though a few researchers claim that it is impossible to prove that either disease didn't kill him. The other theories that involve poisoning of any kind have also been debunked. As uh, additional studies done on Poe's post-mortem hair samples yielded no evidence. So one of the things were is that there was a doc, there was a uh, professor, Dr. Cook, Coke, um, 
that did tests on his hair samples by like the phosphorus and things like that uh, by setting it on fire and what gases were emitted and found that there they were testing to see if the the oil burning like caused pro- like health problems to people back then mm-hmm. and they discovered that he didn't have any heavy lead in his hair either and if you had heavy alcohol consumption you would have lead in your hair apparently and he didn't have it so i'm sorry dr snodgrass he was not drunk you're full of shit um, so the way that they got the hair samples, oddly enough, is very interesting. His cousin, Rebecca Herring, cut snippets of his hair at the funeral, like cut off locks of hair. And they, so what happens, apparently that was a very common practice back then. Um, it started originally with, um, uh, like pharaohs and, uh, like, all kinds of like people of royalty, they would cut locks of their hair and they would send it to family and friends and admirers attached to like photographs or paintings or whatever. So like literally there are locks of Edgar Allan Poe's hair floating around. Hmm. Um, Apparently his, his hair has sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars, like attached to a photograph. It's like a a true lock of his hair. Hmm. I know. Crazy, right? Um, This is also um, the, this part of his hair so she cut off his hair she didn't pull it out had she pulled it out she would have gotten the root and that would have given them more information for dna testing so there's limited testing that they can do on it the hair was study studied to see if gas lamps caused air pollutants which i guess it didn't Mm -hmm. like it wasn't significant to people like to people that were like their control subject yeah oh ah Professor, here it is, Professor Stephen Mako did the testing on the hair. The professor held a presentation that will take, that took place at 7 p.m. on August 24th, 2017. So, uh, Dr. Mako, um, Mako, such a good name, has pioneered the use of measuring the amounts of isotopes of carbon, nitrogen, and sulfur isotopes in hair to find the signatures of certain foods to identify environments where the person lived to lived to find these signatures mako burns the hair samples at a thousand degrees celsius in order to convert it to gas the resulting gases are purified with a gas chromograph um and then each amount of isotope is then quantified with a mass spectrometer (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) quantified (laughs) my bad these readings can be compared with the readings taken from other people, from foods, and from animals uh, that those ate. The results of these comparisons can help researchers reconstruct the daily lives of historical figures, prehistoric animals, and anything else that has left us hair, feather, or bones for analysis. So that's kind of how that goes. Uh, to look, he was looking for mercury and lead, but the test came back showing that there were that the levels were normal. And normal lead, le- normal lead levels prove that Snodgrass was full of garbage. Poe was not drunk. He had a head injury. Sorry. Um, one interesting little tidbit about Edgar Allan Poe that I happen to know that had nothing to do with this research at all. I knew this long before. Poe's favorite phrase what, uh, was noted to be cellar door, which is why the raven says nevermore. Huh. Yep. Interesting. So, um, do you have a favorite Edgar Allan Poe? I do. 
my favorite Edgar Allan Poe story is The Mask of the Red Death. Oh. Yeah. I assume you're not going to read that. I'm not going to read it, but the synopsis is really easy. So the story takes place at a castellated abbey of the happy and dauntless and sagacious Prince Prospero. Prospero and a thousand other nobles have taken refuge in his walled abbey to escape the Red Death, a terrible plague with gruesome symptoms that swept over the land. Victims are overcome by sharp pains, sudden dizziness, and profuse bleeding at the pores, and die within a half an hour. That sounds like a lot of fun. So Prosperous oh, yeah. and his court are indifferent to the sufferings of the population at large. They intend to await to the end of the plague in luxury and safety behind the walls of their secure refuge, having welded the door shut. <clears throat> Prospero holds a masquerade ball one night to entertain his guests in seven colored rooms of the abbey. Each of the first six rooms is decorated and illuminated in specific color, blue, purple, green, orange, and white, and violet. The last room is decorated in black and is illuminated by a scarlet light, a deep blood color. Cast from its stained glass windows, because of this chilling pairing of colors, very few guests are brave enough to venture into the seventh room. A large ebony clock stands in his room and ominously chimes each hour upon which everyone stops talking or dancing and the orchestra stops playing. Once the chiming stops, everybody immediately resumes the masquerade. At the chime of midnight, the revelers and Prospero notice a figure in a dark, blood-splattered robe resembling a funeral shroud. The figure's mask resembles the rigid face of a corpse, and it exhibits the traits of the Red Death. Gravely insulted, Prospero demands to know the identity of the mysterious guest so they can hang him. The guest, too afraid to approach the figure, instead let him pass through the six chambers. The prince pursues him with a drawn dagger and comes and corners the guests in the seventh room. When the figure turns to face him, the prince lets out a sharp cry and falls dead. The enraged and terrified revelers surge into the black room and forcibly remove the mask and the robe, only to find to their horror that there's nothing underneath. Only then do they realize the costume was empty and all of the guests contract and succumb to the disease. The final line of the story sums up, and darkness and decay and the red death held illimitable dominion overall <sighs> like literally that just gives like goosebumps, yeah like all yeah. over i i absolutely love and that it, story it paints such an image um there is a a bed and breakfast in newport oregon that is based on different literary authors um yeah. me and yeah. my friend Amber, we stayed in the Jane Austen room. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, It was for my birthday uh, many, many moon ago. And we stayed there. uh, And it was so much fun. There's this beautiful upstairs um, uh, room that, like, I guess would be the attic. And it's just full of books and old-fashioned games. And every night... They bring up this huge vat of mold of mold wine. So here you are. It's like April, and the uh, it's you're at the Oregon coast, which in April is just dreary and gloomy and beautiful in all of its Perfect. gray awesomeness, and it's cold, and you've got this giant thing of hot mold wine, and you're just drinking it, and you're playing board games until one in the morning with your friend, and 
But they had other rooms. Like they had a Shakespeare room and mm-hmm. things like that. And they had an Edgar Allan Poe room. And Amber yes. wanted to stay in the Edgar Allan Poe room. And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> the reason being is that above the bed, they had a pendulum. Yep. And I was like, no, thank you. I have like the biggest fear. I, I've had like reoccurring nightmares about guillotines and being beheaded um, because of this terrible show that I saw as a child that is Christianness, and I'm not even going there. But so the idea of having a fake pendulum over my bed while I slept, that was like, a, oh, hell no. So we stayed the in the pit, Jane the Austen pendulum. room, which was a, the Jane Austen room was beautiful. And it was mm-hmm. it was it was like a it was like an English spring cottage inside that room. It was beautiful, although the wallpaper was a little garish. But I mean, that's English <laughs> spring cottage. I mean, you just ha- it's not shiplap, people. Right. I didn't have that back then. But that was uh, I loved the room. It was so cool. Um, so my actual favorite um, writing by Poe is Silence of Fable. Mm. Um, but it's it's two and a half pages long. So I did not want to do that one because I love our readers, our readers. I love our listeners and I don't want to make them listen to me drone on <laughs> to what they might find to be a very boring one. But I did my second favorite. Uh, it's not actually a, it's not actually a story. It's one of his poems. Um, a dream within a dream is the one I'd like to read. Uh, it was published in 1850. Take this upon thy, uh, upon, shit. Start again. (laughs) Thank you. Round two. Take this kiss upon the brow and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow. You are not wrong who deem that my days have been a dream yet in hope has flown away in a night or in a day in a vision or in a in none is it therefore the less gone all what all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream i stand amid the roar of a surf tormented shore and i hold within my hand grains of the golden sand how few yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep while i weep while I weep, oh God, I cannot grasp, sorry, oh God, I cannot grasp them with the tighter clasp. Oh God, I cannot save one from this pitiless wave. This is all that we see or seem, but a dream within a dream. Personally, I love the part where it talks about holding the sand Mm -hmm. in your hand and you you try to hold it tighter and you can't. And it still escapes, yeah. It still escapes. Um, I mean, I always loved going to to the coast and stuff and playing in the sand and you know playing with sand it it does it like the tighter you hold it the more it it comes out of your hands but if you just you just let it sit there and be as it is it, it actually stays yeah so yeah he was such an amazing writer he was the um my favorite poem was probably annabelle lee um absolutely beautiful i mean i i've probably read it i i don't know it like um, I will make a point to read it. How about this? We we share. You read mine and I'll read okay. yours. You read Silence of Fable and it just, the words, the way they flow together. Like who uses the words like morass other than saying, give me morass. Yeah, they don't, nobody talks like that anymore. No, it's so beautiful. But let's go ahead and end this with the last thing about Poe. Have you heard yes, of the Poe toaster? 
Mm-hmm. Between. I recall a Poe toaster. Wait, no, I'm thinking of a Poe broaster, which is a poor bro no. who drinks beer. <laughs> no, between 1840, I'm sorry, 1949 and 2009, a bottle of cognac and three roses were left at Poe's original grave marker every January 19th by an unknown visitor, affectionately referred to as the Poe toaster. Sam Papora was a historian at Westminster Church in Baltimore where where Poe was buried and he claimed on August 15, 2007 that he had started the tradition in 1949. Porpoa said the tradition began in order to raise money and enhance the profile of the church. His story has not been confirmed and some details which he gave to the press are factually inaccurate. So, the Poe Toaster's last appearance was on January 19th, 2009, the day of Poe's Bicentennial. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, for... I have to figure my dogs. This said, like, for, for 40 or 50 years, but it was actually wow. almost 80 years that somebody's been leaving cognac and three roses at Poe's grave. And then... Um, what are the three roses for? I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows who does it. Nobody knows why they're there. But somebody has been doing it. And then it stopped. I wonder if it's for his three brides. Could be. Didn't he, 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 he didn't get married three times. Wait, he was married twice, He right? was married three times. The first oh. wife who... I couldn't find any information on his second wife, which died of consumption. And then his cousin, Virginia, who also died of consumption. Oh, see, I only knew about Virginia and, uh, Eloise. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's just another mystery in the Edgar wow. A. Poe situation is somebody has been visiting his grave. And then I think, it, uh, Matt said uh, a couple years back, it stopped. And then uh-huh. somebody else restarted it. So they were thinking that it's like a family tradition. Somebody's That's carrying so cool. on. So, yeah. You know, if I lived in in a town where, like, something like that, like, if I lived in a town where Edgar Allan Poe had originally been buried, not his, his new resting place, but his original place, I would love to to do something like that, to be a part of that. Like I would love to be that mystery person who brings three roses to his grave once a year. Like how cool is that? Right. Like it'd be, but I mean, I live in Bible belt, middle of Indiana. No, not middle of Southern Indiana. I'm a stone throw from Kentucky. Like I can literally see Kentucky from like my downtown neighborhood. (laughs) Uh, So, um, and I mean, I don't think there's any, the, the most famous thing here is, uh, we have the Roseanne house. Ah, uh, yes. You actually have yeah. a lot of things that are near you for somebody like me to want to visit. But I don't have anything here that I want to visit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm near Tennessee, which is kind of cool. I've been to Tennessee several times. It's a bitch drive though. It is a bitch of a drive. It's like a three hour yeah. drive. It's like driving to Portland. Which I used to do when I was young and stupid. Driving to Portland was no problem. Now driving to Tennessee is brutal because it's also flat AF. (laughs) Um, You know, and then I've got Kentucky and I've got Indy, um, which, you know, is cool. But, I mean, there's there's nothing that sings to me. Like, I mean, when I was in Philly, oh, Uh, man. God, I miss Philadelphia. That was was some good times. Yeah, it was. That was good. Like, 
I loved Philadelphia. I will I will always look fondly back on my time living in Philadelphia, except for the really crappy job that I had. I had a crap job. But we all have crap jobs yeah. in our lives. So do you have any other uh, thoughts or things that you want to add about Mr. Poe? Negative. That, that was pretty much it. He does have... Yep, he does have a great collection of, of stories. Uh, I would love if our listeners, uh, you know, read them and maybe shared their favorites yeah. with us. That would be amazing. Where would they do um, that at? They can share that with us on Instagram or Twitter. We are at Like Rabbit Holes on both places. And if they would like to email us and send us any story ideas, that would also be great. You can email us at likerabbitholes at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Also, if you do happen to listen to us on um, Apple Podcasts, please drop us a review and, you know, maybe write with the review. That would be great. It would really help us out to grow our listener to possibly get us somewhere on a chart of some sort. I know that we are now, you know, a good 20 podcasts deep. So um, I'd like to start growing a little bit, getting more people to listen to us. while it's a lot of fun talking to Tammy, I'd like to talk to others. I'd like us to, to grow and learn and talk to more people and, and interact with our, our fan base. That'd be amazing. Uh, so if you would like to, just, you know, click the like button, subscribe button, give us five stars, stay away from four, three, two, or one, because that'd be really mean. <laughs> we don't like mean people. Don't be Be mean. nice or leave. <laughs> yeah, be nice or leave. No, please don't leave. We <laughs> literally don't leave. <laughs> All right. So as always, wherever you are, have a wonderful morning, night, or afternoon. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Also, the number for the suicide prevention is 988. You can send a text message to 988 as well, and they will reach out to you. So please, if you are having thoughts of harming yourself, don't just reach out reach out to friends or family, or if you don't want to reach out to somebody that knows you and you want it to be private and per- and and not share your information, 988. It is great. <laughs> yes. In this estate or something. I don't know. I'm, just shoot me. No, <laughs> don't. God. Wow. I don't know how to end a suicide prevention. Thing. And we're going to sign off now. You guys take care of yourselves. Bye.